Welcome to the podcast hosted by timecam.com on how to stay on top of your work. Hi guys, it's been a while. It's Kate, your host, and I'm coming back to you with 49th episode of Stay on Top of Your Work podcast. And I want to tell you that it's always a good idea to make a backup copy of every important file you keep on your computer, because what happened to me is I didn't do that, and I lost the file with this episode's interview. Well, things happen, right? So luckily, my guest is a super wonderful and kind person, and he agreed to do the interview once more. And I'm talking with Jason Scott Montoya and his new book, The Jump. Jason was already here before, and you can learn a lot about him from his story. So I encourage you all, the listeners, to go back to episode 37, where we talk about his interesting and inspiring story. But for now, let's listen to what Jason has to say about his new book, The Jump. Jason, we are having this conversation for the second time, and the reason for that is because I lost the file, as I already told you. So I'm very sorry for that. But I am also very happy that we can talk again, because it's always a pleasure to talk to you. Well, thank you very much. You I are such a, you're such a kind uh, and nice person that, you know, I just, it's nice to be here again with you. Yeah. Um, well, I'm so, looking forward to it. Yeah. So this is a special occasion for this conversation, and that is the launch of your second book called The Jump from Chaos to Clarity for Your Striving Small Business. So tell me, how have, how have things been? How are you doing now that the book is out? <laughs> I'm, uh, you know, it's in freelancing and entrepreneurship. It's always a roller coaster up and down, right? <laughs> so, um, but it's uh, generally speaking over... Over the, the course of my journey, I've been freelancing since the beginning of uh, 2014, and I can't be more grateful than where I'm at now and the steadiness um, that I've got and the, the income I've, I'm generating, the people I'm working with, the clients I have. And as much as it can be stressful at times, it's also very fruitful as well. So, yeah. And, and, your, <laughs> and your book is uh, the fruit of, uh, of work, I think, the jump. So who is the book for? Yeah, so the book is really for um, a couple different folks, but specifically, um, it's to the, and generally speaking, it's to the business owner that's stuck. They feel stuck or they are stuck. Maybe their revenue has been stagnant for, for year after year. And they're trying different things. They're doing different things. Tends to be externalized, you know, projects, hiring people, finding tools. And they're just, you know, trying to leverage all these different things to grow their business but year after year, it's not growing. It's just where it was. It's stuck. And so the question becomes, why is it stuck and how do I overcome it? How do I actually move forward? And that's where the book dives in and says this really a big part of this is, is understanding your relationship with the business and understanding that you can't change your business until you change you. And that's and that's the heart of the book. Make sense? Of course, as always. We are going to talk about it a little bit later, but for now, The Jump. Why the title is The Jump? Yeah, so The Jump from Chaos to Clarity for Your Striving Small Business. There's a few different kind of ingredients there, but The Jump specifically, you know, I imagine this chasm, you know, you've got a canyon and then there's two sides and you're on one side and you're trying to get to the other side, but there's this giant cliff between the two. And so making that jump 
is a risk. You know, you may not make it. Um, or, and if you don't, you know, the consequences is, is doom and death, you know? So there's a fear that, that drive, that can drive that, that, that can also keep us from making that jump. So, and that's the visual. Um, there's another aspect of it that, that dives into a, a movie that I love called the dark Knight. And in the dark Knight, there's a similar um, tension where, Bruce Wayne, Batman has to decide to make this jump and he has to do so without the safety net. And it's until it's not until he's willing and does that, that he's able to overcome. And so there's another parallel there, but there's a lot of different ways to look at the jump. Um, another ways and back to the title, you know, from chaos to clarity, the jump from chaos to operating in chaos to operating with clarity and order. And, um, you know, this idea of being chaotic and just kind of using our sheer will to move things forward versus an orderly process that that considers all the factors and is, um, you know, considering people, processes and projects as far as moving things forward. And the idea of striving small businesses, it is specifically to small business owners. But this idea of striving is, you know, that I think of is it's like we're trying to succeed. We're trying to make it work. And we're putting all this effort in, but we're not actually moving anywhere. And a lot of, a lot of, for me and others, I think that word striving really connects that dot. So, okay. So, so what was the inspiration behind the book? Was it your personal experience, somebody else's or something else maybe? Yeah, it's a, it's really um, probably two, twofold. First, it's my journey. Um, in many ways, the book is sort of a letter to me when I started the business, Hey, this is, this is what I wish I would have known. I wish I would have understood what someone would have told me, or, you know, if someone did tell me, I wish I would have listened to. <laughs> and so it's a, it's really looking back and going, this is, this is what I was missing. And I needed someone to communicate that to me. The second part of it is, you know, since I, I shut down my business and, and I share that in the book to, into more detail, um, I became a freelancer, a full-time freelancer. And so I started a different type of business. And as part of that business, my primary target that I work with is small business owners. So I'm helping them to, to grow their teams, their income, and, and, um, and, them, and them as an owner as well. And so I realized what it was like to be on the other side of me when I was the business owner. And so when I was making emotional decisions, when I was in survival mode, when I was, you know, operating in a lot of unhealthy or, um, you know, illogical ways um, or just making poor decisions. And so as I've been working with small business owners, with them and their teams, I've been in the front lines of, of what entrepreneurs, both positive and negative, how they impact people and how that feels. And so I really wanted to, again, be able to help the clients that I'm working with through this book, but also have a book out there that can reach a broader audience beyond those that I'm specifically working with. Make okay. sense? Of course. As always, <laughs> Jason, as always. So in the book, there is an introduction by your friend. And yeah. he talks about, I think his business, right? If I remember correctly, yeah. that they were stuck, that they were somewhere in the place in an unhealthy place, in an, in a bad situation and things that worked before stopped working. So mm -hmm. why do you think it happens? Yeah. So what I think often, um, 
what happens is we find a way that's successful. It generates income. It, it, we found it, we've tapped into an issue or a problem in the marketplace that, that we can solve and that is valuable to others to solve that problem. And so for a season, that works really well. But what happens is over time, we keep doing that, keep doing that as if the world is not changing around us. And the reality is the world is changing around us. And in that with with my friend, that marketplace that he's in, um, the landscape has dramatically changed. There's new competitors, um, there's uh, vendors and products and, and businesses, and there's just different expectations on clients, technologies changing, equipment's changing. So it's drastically changed in the last, um, you know, since he started the business. And so what I think he was acknowledging was, I didn't adapt with that. And so when I started to look around and things weren't where I wanted them to be, I realized that we needed to adapt to, to this, this, we needed to change our business. And so that's the, the journey he's on is figuring out, you know, what that change is and, and where he's going to take the business going forward. Make sense? Yes, Jason. <laughs> um, so what is the jump? So in terms of, in terms of uh, the, the concept in the book, the jump is a couple different things. I talk about in the book these four steps you've got to take before making the jump. You've got to level up yourself. You've got to build a strong foundation. You've got to um, uh, bring your loyal team along. And that sometimes means some people will come with you and some won't. And then you have to build bulletproof systems. And when you have that structure and that foundation, it's, it's the launching pad to successfully making the jump to the other side. So the jump itself is, it's a combination of things. It's um, first and foremost, it's realizing this is the business that I'm willing to make the jump for. And what I mean by that is making the jump, um, changing myself and doing these four steps and doing what is necessary to take responsibility and, and lead the way I need to, to grow the business in the way that I want to it's going to be very difficult. It's going to be hard. It's going to take a lot of energy. It's going to be stressful. And it's not for the lighthearted. And so if I'm going to put all of this effort, energy, and time into something, it better be something worth that. It better be something that I really can be fully committed to and be willing to um, and to, to push through the pain and, and the trouble that, that come with it. So that's the biggest piece of it. And then the second part of it has to do with facing our fears. And a lot of what's holding us back is, is that we're scared. We might be afraid of failure. We might be afraid of success. I've been afraid of both. <laughs> and so, and, and there are a variety of other things uh, that we are afraid of in terms of what's keeping us back. So it, those are the two big things um, that we have to face. And then we realize that we can make that jump and, And it's a, it's a leap of faith. It's, it's making, saying, this is what I'm going to do and, and I'm going to put everything into it. And I'm going to face the fears that are, that are holding me back and deal with the consequences that might come from, from doing that. So does it make sense? Yeah. And, and I think making that jump is a really risky and challenging thing. So how do you know that you actually should make that jump? Yeah. So it's, it's not as simple or obvious as one might hope, <laughs> but a lot of it comes down to really understanding 
what it is that my personal motivation um, in the book, I call, talk about this idea of intentionality, and I define intentionality by purpose, vis- uh, purpose, mission, vision, and values. And so I th- we really need to figure out what those are for us personally. And I really like to, when I think about a business, I think of it as a vehicle to get me to a destination. So I, I wanna, I'm in Atlanta. Let's say I want to drive down to Orlando to go to Disney World. So I need a vehicle to get me there. I could fly there. I could ride a bike. I could drive. Right. And there's a lot of variables I have to consider. You know, if I fly, I've got five kids. So I've got to think about, well, do I want to fly to Orlando with five kids or do we just hop in our minivan and drive down or do we want to all ride bikes? You know, our youngest is is one. So maybe that's not such a good idea. (laughs) It's a long ride on a bike. So um, so the idea is to think about my small business as a vehicle to help me get to a destination. And so is first of all, I have to decide what my personal destination is. And then I have to understand, is this the right vehicle to help me get there? And if it is, then then I should use that vehicle. If it's the best vehicle to consider all the factors and to help me get to where I'm going. And so um, that's kind of, you know, in a practical sense uh, or in a global sense, in a more practical way, I think it's helpful to kind of think of what we're doing and go, you know, is what I'm doing accomplishing? So sometimes we might think this is the vehicle to get me there. But if what it, what I'm actually doing, this project, this maybe I'm freelancing or I've got a small business or maybe I've got um, something else I'm doing or I'm writing a book, you know, is this actually generating the result that I thought it would? And if not, I need to, to adapt it. And if, if adapting it doesn't get there, maybe this isn't the right vehicle. So evaluating what I'm in the middle of. Um, and then the other thing I explore in the book is really taking time um, and and deciding, you know, taking time to reflect and think and figure out if this is the journey. So when I shut down my business, um, the final year, we, we went into the final year um, with this intention that we were going to take a year to figure out what was next in the business. And about halfway through that year is when I realized what, what it, the decision I was going to make and where we were going to go. And things unfolded in the second half of the year to close things out. So, um, so just stopping and taking you know, a sabbatical if you will, or slowing down just enough, you know, continue to take care of the, maybe the clients you have, but think about what is the future and how does this be the vehicle to get you where it's there, or maybe it's not. And as much as I love the business, the team and the clients we were working with in the business, um, it was devastating for me to shut it down because, because I loved it. But I realized the pivotal question I asked myself is if I were to start over vocationally and I could do anything in the world, would I start and run a marketing business? And I couldn't answer with an enthusiastic yes. And that was a signal that this was something I wasn't willing to be fully committed to and something that I was willing to make the jump for. And so I had to pivot to something else that I could do that with. Okay. So when you want to make that jump and you've got that vehicle, which you adapted, how do you make the jump? So I think it's just a, it's, it starts with just a decision. Um, and I walked, you know, I, I think there, there really is a discovery process to, to, in, to further inform that. So I have to understand that there's the potential that's there. And then I have to articulate what that potential is. So what is the purpose? What is the vision? Um, what are the values and what is the mission? And so purpose is why, why am I doing it? Mission is how, how am I going to do it? Vision is where. What is this, you know, what's the destination? Where are we going? 
and values are within. So what are the guidelines, the guardrails that are going to hold us there? So I need to articulate those and go, this is what I'm going to do. And then decide, um, I have to just make the decision that I'm going to, I'm going to move forward and I'm going to do whatever it takes within the guidelines I've set, um, to make it work. And then that's when the intersection of our intentions and reality hit, right? <laughs> and we have to reconcile those things and, and look at, okay, reality is, is this, um, you know, maybe you want to be uh, a writer, but you're not a good one. Okay. So that's the reality. Well, what can I do to become a better writer? Right. So you work through that process. You work through that process. Now there are some, there are some limits that, you know, I'm, you may not be able to be, you know, if you want to be a like, you know, American Idol, a lot of people think they're a great singer and want to be a singer and, um, and that just, or you want to play in the NBA basketball and you're just, you're not physically able to do that. So there are some realities we cannot overcome. So I think part of it is, is also being, uh, it's kind of a, a, an ambiguous stance of being realistic, but also being ambitious at the same time. And so, um, and, and delusion is somewhere in between, I think, (laughs) but, uh, um, so it's a decision it's, um, and then it's, it's removing the roadblocks that are holding us back. And then it's, making that leap it might be shutting down the business it may be a decision that's going to cost us a great deal i may start freelancing without any guarantee that it's going to work i might um you know hire someone that i wouldn't normally hire or let go someone i wouldn't normally let go so there's a lot of uh variables and it's a really personal thing um i do talk about in the book kind of this process from chaos to clarity and i walk through these these steps um to help people transition, the chaos tends to be a, a distraction from these things. And so it's helpful to get things in order. So that way we can see things clearly, but a lot of it just, yeah, it comes down to, to, to understanding what it is we want to make the jump with overcoming the obstacles that are keeping us from doing that, making the decision to make the jump, um, and then following through on, on, on it. So when I shut down the business, that was a decision I made that was risky, and I had no idea. I, I'd made sort of leaps of faith in the past, but this was the first leap where I didn't know what I was leaping to. I just knew I was leaping away from something, and I could have very well landed, um, you know, in the bottom of the cliff, but I landed on the other side. So um, so there are no guarantees in, in that sense, but it's being willing to make that leap, um, not knowing, ha- not having certainty on what lies ahead. And I think it's also about being uh, devoted to what you do, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's an interesting thing. Just the striving concept is, you know, there are a lot of things we do that don't take a lot of effort, you know, mm-hmm. um, like eating. It's almost the opposite. Like I want to eat a good meal. Right. So for most people, you know, it's, I don't strive to eat, you know, I just do it. Um, or if there's some, you know, like I want to see um, an upcoming movie that I really love. It's like, it's not a difficult thing for me to go make that happen. Now there may be financial roadblocks after a move. Um, if I don't have the money to pay for the movie, but, but to, to make something happen that I want to do. Um, and so that's kind of a, an interesting thought is a lot of times we're working, doing something we don't want to do. So it's going to be very hard to be successful at it because we don't want to be doing it. We don't want to be there. So how do we find something we want to do so that when, so instead of striving, we're just doing, and it's, 
what we love and it's what we want to do. And, and we're not having to, I mean, there will be times of ups and downs, but at the core, there won't be that same struggle. And, um, and that's kind of what it goes back to with my business. Part, part of what I said is I didn't, if I could start over vocationally and, and run any business I wanted, would it be this one? If that was an enthusiastic, yes. If I had set out to create a marketing company and that was my dream, um, it wouldn't, it wouldn't, I wouldn't have had that struggle. But the re part of the reason I had the struggle is because that was never my dream. It was a, um, a means to an end. And the question is, well, why don't I just focus on the end and a vehicle to get there versus this, this business that's more of a distraction than a conduit? Okay. That's challenging. That's very difficult. And I think if someone's wanting to make that jump and has to ask themselves a lot of questions. Yes. And, and talking with people about it. Um, although at the, at the other side, at the other side of that, there could also be too much asking of questions, too much talking about it. Sometimes it's time to stop talking and start jumping, you know? All right. That's <laughs> so true. I, we, yeah, I used to, um, we, uh, grew up by a lake, Lake Powell in, in Arizona and, uh, they had a lot of cliffs. So we would, you know, you know, 20, we would, I always did smaller stuff, but like 20 or 30 feet, you know, and you're standing on the edge and it's like, how do you, how do you make that jump? Well, you just, you just do it, you know, <laughs> but there's all these things preventing us from doing what's actually a pretty easy thing. The jump itself is easy and then gravity takes over and does the rest, but you know, we might be scared and, and, and that's where that fear comes in is, uh, I don't know if I want to jump, but when we do it, then we experience the thrill of it. And if we like it, then we go back up and jump, and then we just do it over and over until we're tired of it. <laughs> exactly. So. so in your book, you're discussing two, two interesting things. One, you already mentioned the formula for intentionality. And the second one is IDEMA, right? Yes, yes. Would you like to elaborate on these two things? Yeah. So I mentioned the formula for intentionality. Um, when you, It'll be real helpful if you can maybe include a... A, a link to it or, or a gra the graphic sure. um, so people can see it because it's it's a visual thing but the the formula you know I always struggled when I was in business to make sense of purpose vision mission and values which what are they how do they interface with each other and I never got an answer no one ever really gave me anything I couldn't find anything about it so I came up with um, a couple tools to help me visualize it and formula of intentionality was one of those tools and so it is, it is literally like a math formula and you see purpose and then it's the why, um, and then plus mission, which is the how, and then you have parentheses, you know, around, um, around the, uh, the purpose and the mission. And those are values. So those are containing the formula, containing it within guidelines. And then that equals the vision, the where, the destination. And so we plug in these different pieces and this helps us understand how they interface together. And again, it just gives us, it's the key question, why, how, within, and where. And those are the questions we need to ask for ourselves and for our business. So each of us should have an intention and they should they should be in alignment. And then anyone you hire should actually be in alignment with the, for, the intentionality formula answers um, with the business. So the business and anyone that hires needs to be in alignment. And, and so that's, you know, the general um, understanding of that um, but it's really doing the hard work of answering the questions of what these things are and and then how do they interface together. Um, sometimes they're not compatible or sometimes, you know, we get down the road and we realize, well, we, I want to change the mission or change some of the values to create the result I want. So that's the formula for intentionality. IDEMA 
is a a framework for capturing and sustaining ideas. And IDEMA was actually born out of uh, desperation. <laughs> uh, many of the best systems I have are, are that way. Is, um, and so we, you know, in our marketing company, we struggled with having a solid, consistent project manager. So we were in chaos. And good project managers, just based on their personality, when they go into chaos, they freak out and they run away. And so every time we would hire a good project manager, they would run away. Okay. And I mean, I had two situations where um, one time I went on vacation to Disney, Disney World, speaking of Disney, um, and one of my team members called me and said, uh, so-and-so just left. She just quit. <laughs> and uh, oh. she said she couldn't handle it anymore and she wasn't coming back. <laughs> so it was intense. And that happened um, uh, two specific times in a dramatic sense, and then it happened other times in a less dramatic sense. But the the point is, is um, the, we we just had this chaos, and so we couldn't keep the right people. Uh, the people that were good at operating the chaos weren't as organized and orderly as as we needed to be, and um, and then the people we needed just ran away screaming. So, um, <laughs> so we realized, man, we we've got to like the chicken or the egg thing. We've got to like fig. We've got to fix ourselves before. Um, before we bring someone on. So we said, well, let's just map out an idea. Let's just map out a project from the beginning to the end. And so we started to do that, and that's where IDEMA was born. So everything starts out in the ideate stage. We, we brainstorm, we come up with the idea. And so we said, well, the best thing, what happens in that stage is the, the, um, the downside is we don't capture those ideas. We just We just have them. So I remember one of our team members, she would always say, uh, we would say, let's table that idea. And she would say, well, where is this invisible table? We're putting all of these ideas. You know, like we were tabling ideas, but we we didn't capture them to actually come back to them later. So we started to capture them. We had a system of capturing them. Then out of those captured ideas, you got a lot of them. So you got to filter those down. And then from that, you have to discover the ones that are filtered. So these are the ones worth essentially building a plan, deciding the intention, the tensions for it, the why, the where, the how. And within um, the specific details of that project, what's going to look like in, in doing a project plan. So that's discover. Um, then once we have a plan, you know, we might, you know, have build out five plans. Well, maybe we don't want to execute all of those. So we'll execute three of those. So we move into the execute stage. That's where we bring it to life. We bring, we execute it. We construct it. Um, maybe it's a website. So we build the website, right? And um, we build it from the plan and things change in the execute stage. Got to adapt to, to, you know, everything goes to plan and circumstances change. So you adapt, but you got to execute. And as you're closing out the execute, the trap is to, is that people abandon the project. They, they get 80% done and, and then that website never finishes, you know, yeah. or they finish it, but they don't have a plan to sustain it. So it decays over time, you know, the last blog post is three and a half years ago, you know, so um, so you got to have a, so as part of the execute stage, you want to pull in, make sure that you have that, uh, you update your, your plan to sustain what you hopefully created in the discover stage. So then you move into the maintenance stage. So I D E M A um, M is the maintenance. So you want to maintain the thing you create. And that's the big thing is a lot of, a lot of business owners, they serial serially create things, but they don't maintain them and they start to decay and fall apart. And that could be people you know, their, their role in the business, their compensation, it could be a website, it could be a project, it could be a software, it could be a, a variety of things that 
the law of thermodynamics, things decay. So if we don't maintain, they will decay. So um, the other thing is once you do get that maintenance stage in rhythm and you are clicking away, um, you're the, the flywheel is turning, what happens is we start to get bloated. We, so as we get bloated, it's like eating, you know, just eating, 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 and we start to gain weight, gain weight. Yeah. It's like at some point you need to like audit, you like figure out what's going on. Why am, why am I eating all this food that I shouldn't be eating? And, and is this healthy? And blah, blah, blah. so that's where the audit stage comes in is, okay, um, we need to figure out why we're doing the things we're doing. How are they contributing or how are they not? We need to trim the fat. We need to get um, focused. And so the audit stage is that last piece of the edema cycle. And what we want to do is we want that to be a cyclical thing. So the I, the audit stage should then review what we're doing and come up with new ideas that then go into the ideate stage, the discover stage, and it becomes this circle that we go through over and over. And that's the business, the departments, the projects, and, and in the people. Everyone should follow that cycle. And if you neglect an area, you're going you're gonna to deal with some of the downsides that I mentioned. Okay, cool. That sounds really interesting. I think everybody should use it in, I think, about project management because probably yeah. it's it's really connected with managing projects, right? Exactly. And that was the thing is so we, we struggled to find a project manager, so we built this framework. And we actually started to realize we don't need a project manager. We can use the framework, and then we'll have a team project manager. So you're really good with ideas and discovery, so you'll handle those. You're really good with execution. You're good, really good with maintenance. You're really good with auditing. And together, we're a project manager. And, and we realized that we didn't need to chase the unicorn anymore because together and with this framework, we could accomplish the end game. Wonderful. What I'm thinking about is I don't want to reveal much of the book because I want people to read it. Obviously, <laughs> yeah. But what are some questions that you should ask yourself before making the jump? Yeah, I would say, you know, I think, I think two big questions that really helped me in my business. One was, if I were to start my business over from scratch, how would I do it differently than I'm doing it today? So that's the first question. And that was dramatic. So I, uh, halfway through my business, I asked that question and I pivoted in a more intentional way. We want to be a company that's intentional and reflects that in and our marketing and operations, and we want to help our clients do the same. So that was our vision. And that was how we define marketing, was marketing is a reflection of who we are inside. So that's question one. Question two was the one I mentioned earlier. If I were to start over vocationally, so not even in this business, but I could choose anything in the world to do, any business to create, any job to have, what would that be? What would that be? So that's that's the second question that was hugely pivotal. And I think the third one comes back to if I were to give over my everything, at least my working part of my life towards this thing, um, is it worth it to me? Is this the thing that is enjoyable? Well, one, maybe four areas. Is it allow me to survive? Does it generate an income? Does it pay the bills? Is it enjoyable? Uh, it doesn't always have to be enjoyable, but, but generally speaking, enjoyable. Is it meaningful? Am I doing something that is having an impact on people um, or communities in some in some way? It might be a direct way or an indirect way. Um, and then fourth, am I, am I able to actually accomplish something? Am I able to build something that grows over time and satisfies you know that desire for achievement? And and so I think you know asking ourselves those questions. Um, 
I think will help us get further clear on it. Or at least if we don't get clarity, we'll realize we don't have clarity and that's, and that we've got to work through that. So a lot of times people may not know what they want and often we don't know what we want. So I, I, I don't think that's such a bad thing if we accept that, embrace it and go, you know what? I don't know what I want. So I need to do some exploration. I need to just experiment with things and go into that mode and ex- embrace that and, and not be, um, you know, think about this has to be the thing that has to grow into something, um, but allow that experimentation to find the thing that, that I can, that satisfies those four desires and, um, and goes from there. So, And that makes me think about that situation when, you know, someone thinks that maybe I shouldn't make the jump how to know whether you should make or not make the jump. You know, in general, when is it better to quit and the business instead of making the jump? Yeah. So I think, I think depending on how we answer those questions, I think is a clear indicator. Um, so when I, and I think it, what really helped me um, is going to the origin of the business. The origin story seems to have a lot of insight into whether we should continue or not. And I think for me, you know, I, 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 you know, a big part of why I've written this book and why I blog and why I do writing and, and, and share stories is because that's what I love. That's the direction I'm moving. And, and I love film and storytelling through movies. And so I actually created my business, my marketing company as a way to help me make those things happen. And it was kind of a bizarre thing like out of all the things I could do why would I why this is, doesn't seem like the right vehicle it's like you know riding a moped across the country it's like okay maybe that'll work but maybe that's not the best vehicle so I when I really realized why I started the business what was motivating me and what I hope it would help me do it it started to not make sense once I wasn't emotionally attached to uh to doing it so and I I had to kind of figure that out and realize that you know what, there's probably a better way. And freelancing actually was a better way for me to um, to have the flexibility to financially provide, be enjoyable, be meaningful, and help me achieve, and then also help me move towards, um, you know, building a vocationally, uh, financially viable writing career. And so it also just allows me to go at it in a steady way. So I'm not having to strive to get there. Wonderful. Yeah, Jason, I don't want to, as I said, I don't want to reveal too much of the book um, because we could talk about it for <laughs> two more hours, perhaps. Yeah. But for you as the author, what was the most important part of the book? Yeah, I think the heart of the book is the first step, which is leveling up yourself. You can't change your business until you change you. You've got to look in the mirror, you've got to face your fears. And I do talk about this, uh, you know, just adult development and And some, there's some research concepts in terms of how we develop and how we mature as humans over, over time. And so understanding, you know, just the, the, the processes, you know, to the practical of, you know, you, we grow when we reflect on what we've gone through, we identify what we learned, we understand what we valued, um, We realized what we feared, what was holding us back, and we do this discovery process for ourselves. And we what what the what the um, researchers say is what we self-author. So we write our own. We realize we can write, write our own story. We're not a victim of of the winds and circumstances 
of of the world around us, but we actually have agency and can can choose that. But we have to be grounded um, in what it is we believe and and the things we're going to do from those beliefs. But it takes a lot of work. So journaling, writing, reflecting, um, getting feedback from others, how they experience us, you know, personality tests, understanding ourselves better, all these kind of variables. So there's some practical elements, um, but but ultimately, you know, facing our fears, accepting responsibility. Um, you know, one of the things I mentioned in the book that um, on that note was uh, there was a point in my business where I realized I was waiting for rescue. I was waiting for someone to come along. It might have been a project manager or a salesperson or just who some person I didn't even like have a name for. But someone was going to come along and just change the business and bring me to the promised land, get me to the destination. Right. And um, and I was just waiting as if this person would just show up and say, all right, Jason, let's go. I'm here to take you there. Um, and that I realized in that moment, I, you know, I was waiting to my own detriment and, and potentially the death, uh, you know, the business, if, if I did it for too long and that I had some agency, we can't always control things. Um, if you're lost at sea, um, you can't control being, you know, getting back to the mainland, but you can control what you do with your mind. You know, you can catch fish, you can, um, you know, do things um, to to survive long enough that someone does come and find you. So that was a kind of a big thing that, that stuck out for me. But the heart of the book is leveling up yourself, realizing I got to look in the mirror, I got to face my fears, accept responsibility, stop waiting, move forward, and and start leading the way that I might realize in my head how I need to do, but I've been, you know, maybe selfish or scared. Beautifully said. Is yeah. there anything else you'd like to add about the book? I think the last thing I would say is, um, you know, the the book talks about these four steps, and and then there's this um, process to go from chaos to clarity that I share at the end. And um, real simply, I'll just run through that. It's the first thing you want to do is tackle low hanging fruit. What is, you know, what are things that you can do that don't take a lot of effort but would have a big impact? Um, once you've done that, then you got to simplify everything, consolidate, make things simple and easy to manage. Whatever's left, make it better. And then number four is identify and fill in the gaps. So now that you've consolidated, made those things really good, and there might be some some people or some roles or some or some tools that are missing or content. If it's a library of blogs, you know we got to create these articles. What are the things that are missing? Create those things and then complete your collection. And then you got to master maintenance. So how do we keep that maintained and keep it going and keep it active? And, and then you move from that into the IDEMA cycle and you work through the IDEMA, IDA, um, discover, uh, execute, maintain, audit. And you maintain that cycle and that flywheel and you'll, um, you'll, it'll build up and you'll have compound growth and it'll continue to succeed. But it's hard to do that because it's kind of boring in a sense as you're doing this, you're kind of just continuing uh, slowly and steady. It's the tortoise and the hare story. You know, the tortoise is slow and steady and he wins the race. And often we want to be the hare that just rushes and races, but doesn't finish or it doesn't finish first at least. <laughs> yeah. So if people want to know more, they just have to read the book because yeah. they won't reveal more. Exactly. So Sounds Jason, good. yeah. So what's next for you in terms of your life and your career? Yeah. So 
Um, so I, this is my second book. I wrote Path of the Freelancer, and then The Jump is the second one. So I do have intentions to write other books and, and experimenting with that. Um, but next year, um, and, ha- and I blog on my website regularly and plan to do that throughout the end of this, uh, through the, the rest of this year. And I'll, I'll finish um, probably at the end of November and take a little break. Um, but I'm actually looking to take a break um, from writing for 2020. So um, before I jump into the next book, I'm going to take a break. And again, it's like running a marathon. You know, I want to pace myself and uh, rest, release, rejuvenate, um, kind of reevaluate, you know, where I am, where I want to go and how the things I'm doing are either helping me get there or not. And um, so I'm going to take that time to, to pull back, focus on my freelancing work, continue to do that, um, but also focus on on my family and kids. I got five of them. And uh, and so in community, you know, and just um, and take some time, um, give myself some margin and breathing room to see the how I want to move forward next. So it's kind of in the edema cycle. It's that A, it's the audit. Um, so next year is probably more of an audit year for me. But it still seems to be very intense. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> All right, Jason, if people want to find you, where they can look for you? Yeah, so if you um, uh, want to find me, you can find me on jasonscottmontoya.com. That's jasonscottmontoya.com. Um, I have a landing page for the for the book itself. It's jasonscottmontoya.com slash jump. That's jasonscottmontoya.com slash jump. Um, you can download the first the introduction that you mentioned in the first two chapters for free. I've also got a free resource center for small businesses that you can get access to. I've got articles and I've got a workbook that goes with the book. Um, so you can go through and answer questions as you're doing that. And, um, um, a couple other goodies and whatnot. So go in there. The book is available on Amazon. So if you go to amazon.com, just like the, you know, the jump Montoya, my name is Jason Scott Montoya. So um, if you just look for the Jump Montoya, I got a link on the webpage on my site, but you can go straight to Amazon. Uh, you also check out pathofthefreelancer.com for a bunch of resources for freelancers to to flourish. And, and you can check out that book on Amazon as well. Both books are available on paperback and Kindle. If you buy the paperback, you get the Kindle edition for free. So I definitely recommend that as long as I'm running that offer. So. Wonderful. And I will include all the links you've mentioned in right. the show notes so people can easily find you. And I do recommend the books, of course, and congratulations, Jason, publishing the book. Oh, yeah. You're welcome. Thank you for having me, and I appreciate the kind words, and uh, I look forward to the next interview. Yeah, sure. <laughs> that's, that's wonderful. Thank you, Jason, so much. You're welcome. This podcast was brought to you by Tenkan. You can listen to it on iTunes and SoundCloud. Subscribe to get more content and always stay on top of your work.